Um, my well, my full name, I guess, is Shania Lena Greenheld, oh, and um, yeah, I'm South African, but um, I have Spanish nationality because my mom is Spanish. Yeah, and um, yeah, I went to IE. I did the BIR, the Bachelor in International Relations, and um, and I graduated in the summer of 2019, pre-COVID. Yeah. and um, <laughs> had a few months before COVID and I did an internship um, before getting a job in Brussels um, mm-hmm. and now I work at a consulting firm in Brussels mm-hmm. um, and cool. yeah that's been my life. Yeah no excellent no I love that and not just any consulting firm like a top tier consulting firm and we're going to get into um, we're going to deep dig um deep into that um in a few minutes but what i wanted to know first was how did you feel when you first graduated so yourself two years ago like my position two years ago what was your general sort of feeling um like terrified (laughs) i think terrified and severely under pressure um to find like the next thing to do and mm-hmm. like pressure from two sides, like one financial, right? Um, which yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to. And the other one being like, you know, purpose and like growing up and being told, oh, if you just try your best and study what you want, like you'll naturally find the job you want and like find your purpose. And it will just come if you just, I don't know, if something corny, like follow your heart. Mm-hmm. But really like I, I was just more lost than ever. And scared about having to like sustain myself and um yeah I just like frantic and frantically looking for jobs studying wasn't an option because uh like apply like this whole I mean I could have gotten like a, a becca or a scholarship or something and like try to sustain sustain myself that way but it's never guaranteed and there's always that waiting period and like during the summer then what am I supposed to do and mm-hmm. um so yeah I decided on a job also for the work experience and to learn as much mm-hmm. as possible yeah um but it was scary because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't want to get stuck in a job but the job had to pay and um I didn't want to waste my time like in terms of like you know doing what you like and doing what like works towards some kind of greater goal or like some like what you eventually want to do and you yeah. know kind of keep things in line as yeah as so- you go along Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, so you were you like also kind of facing the the uh, what is this the dilemma or however how, however many um, lemmas is going to be in there on how to follow sort of your passion and and yeah like kind of like meeting having um, needs met as well. Okay, cool. And what was your like first step? What what were your first steps into like coming into the world or few months to prepare to for your um, after graduation situation? Yeah. So, so as soon as I finished my thesis, yeah, I kind of like for a week, I was kind of mm-hmm. like in limbo, like, oh, like, thank goodness that's over yeah. and uh, I can relax. But then, yeah, a week after I finished my thesis, then the reality of graduation hit and I was like, oh, uh, what am I going to do? And so I just was sending emails and mm-hmm. like on LinkedIn, uh, it was like almost like a full-time job mm-hmm. applying to jobs, just mm-hmm you know, while searching on Google, like, I mean, 
I picked consulting and investments because I knew they they would be able to pay so I could like sustain myself, but also Mm -hmm. that they were like the subject matter was diverse and they work across industries. So even though I didn't know what I wanted to do, then I would find out what I wanted to do very quickly because the job involves like working across industries Mm -hmm. um, and that as well that they're quite competitive. So like you work with like excellent people and you get to work, you get to learn as much from your colleagues as from Mm -hmm. the subject matter as well. So Mm -hmm. I was, I was sending hundreds of emails a week and sending my CV, like redoing my motivation letter for different jobs Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, stalking people, like, stalking people at companies I wanted to work at, messaging them, asking for Skype calls for guidance, talking to my lecturers, reaching out to my lecturers at IE, you know, really like trying to explore every, every avenue um, quite frantically. (laughs) Oh, wow. I never knew that. I just knew you. I remember you saying that you applied to hundreds of jobs and that's like something that really stuck with me that you applied to a lot, a lot of jobs, but I didn't know the process of like speaking with all these people and, really like grafting grafting to like really get what you want oh wow and that that came in helpful like getting advice from people or do you think it was your curriculum that stood out for at least your job with Mackenzie right now by curriculum you mean by like your, your resume your experience uh, um, yeah uh I'm not sure um mm-hmm. I'm not sure because like uh, McKinsey keeps very secret uh, what their criteria on. I think mm-hmm. things they look for are most, it's not about, I mean, experience in your curriculum is what gets you through the door, but yeah. what really, I think what really gets you the job is your performance in the case interviews. And that's mm-hmm. testing things like problem solving, like communication, mm-hmm. like uh, how you respond under pressure, how you respond to ambiguity. Um, and things like that, that you can't learn or that you can't put on a piece of paper that they need to see you do live. Mm-hmm. Um, but re- I mean, reaching out to people and speaking to people is mm-hmm. re- really helped and like learning, hearing other people's stories and learning from their experience. And yeah. um, like, because it's a process of elimination. Like when, yeah. when you graduate and you can do anything, mm-hmm. It's, it's to figure out what you want to do. It's a process of elimination. The answer is not just going to come to you if you just wait around and kind of float through life. Like, I mean, maybe you're lucky and the answer does come to you. But for me, it wasn't just going to come, right? It didn't mm-hmm. come out through four years of uni. So I had to start like with the list of everything and then start ticking, th- like crossing things off the list that I didn't want to do. Like I knew I didn't want to do academia. <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't want to work in an NGO. I didn't want to, yeah. you know, like I, I mean, subjects like immigration, like, I mean, I'm passionate about immigration, but I didn't want to work in it. I didn't want to work. And so you start like crossing things off your list and like narrowing the search. And yeah. like only after like four months of applying to jobs, did I figure, okay, actually I want to do like niche boutique uh, sustainability consulting. And I started mm-hmm. looking for jobs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know McKinsey's not a boutique consulting firm, yeah. but, um, but I found, but I found my team at McKinsey, uh-huh. um, which I'm not a consultant. I'm an analyst for like a, a really specialist team within McKinsey's basic materials insights, yeah. which is mm-hmm. like the, the basic materials uh, practice yeah. um, by reading a sustainability related report. Okay. So aside from like applying to jobs that I wanted, I was also trying to learn and like, keep up to date with what was happening and so 
soon as I knew I liked sustainability and my thesis was on mining and I just mm -hmm. I kept reading and, and staying up to date with that so you know the companies that work in that space the people that work in that space who's saying the most recent stuff who's innovating who's this mm -hmm. like um and yeah. yeah just a lot of time on my laptop damn during the summer holidays <laughs> yeah oh my goodness that is incredible so you like really like deep like dived in once you found out what once you knew that sustainability was something that you wanted to get into that was like something you dived into much deeper which is cool oh wow and um did you have some sort of structure on how you did this or did you have like email subscriptions of, of things that came to you daily so you, it was easier like how was it easier for you to kind of keep up with sustainability related um yeah information yeah so the structure came later so like I really would describe the timeline as almost like funnel shaped mm -hmm. and like I started like spreading my net super wide I subscribed to all the websites which is really um overwhelming actually but like like indeed.com and LinkedIn and all of this with all the notifications for the jobs mm -hmm. Euro Brussels mm -hmm. um and yeah websites like that just and, and like yeah sifting through those email subscriptions every day um but also just like following and connecting with people on LinkedIn, like even pe random people you don't know, just like mm -hmm. seeing what they post, the companies they work for. And um, so part of it was automated. Part of it was active search. And the more jobs I applied to and the more interviews I did at companies I didn't want to really work for, um, the more I learned, the more I knew, the more I knew what to look for, what filters to put on LinkedIn, what filters to put on these websites, mm -hmm. um, what to search for on Google. Yeah. um so yeah the oh, the more wow. you do it the more like targeted your search can be okay nice and did linkedin work for you because i've had two testimonials that people haven't given like um the best reviews for linkedin to friends and um yeah they just feel like they send in applications but they never get information back they feel like yeah other platforms could be better but how did, did linkedin work for you individually for um some of these jobs that you applied for so I've never heard back from an application on LinkedIn. Okay. Because, and also because I've worked for a, a company that like we set up a LinkedIn uh, like job post, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's because a lot of people don't, and like from the recruiter side, it's because people don't put an, put an effort, like especially the quick apply one. Like when you mm -hmm. can just submit your CV, I mean, mm -hmm. if someone has to look at hundreds of CVs and there's no message, no note, no cover letter, mm -hmm. nothing that sticks them out from the rest, like, yeah, they're largely ignored. So I, I never heard back from any of those applications. Yeah. Um, what I found was like contacting people directly oh. and like connecting with people, following them. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like the, the types of applications where it takes you to the company's websites and they have a specific ask and they have a detailed description of what they're looking for and then you can sell to them what why your profile is, is best suited for the position. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, the job I got now, I, I got by um, when I re read this report that I found super interesting, mm -hmm. I, I followed all the authors on LinkedIn and I messaged a couple of them saying like, hey, would you be available for a Skype call? I'm really interested in the work you're doing. And I'd love to like, you know, talk about how you got to where you are and how I can learn from you. Mm -hmm. um, 
and not, like not even looking for a job just wanting to like learn from their experience and they said oh well if you're very interested we have a job po- we have a job opening but it's not advertised and then mm. so like really just connecting with people and yeah. talking to people you know talk to your lecturers talk to your friends talk to your friends parents Damn. um yeah just I, I don't know if I was just frantic and desperate but I really just was like it worked. my hand and all the parts <laughs> <laughs> in the end it worked I mean if if you're going to work like working at the top tier firm and like this you know this path is not what I imagined but this is like so much more inspiring to like you know see how you really went for it and that's amazing and um what I was going to ask as well was did you have yeah I was going to ask about if you had like specific requirements for jobs and you've mentioned already you wanted consultancy and was that like the only thing you wanted or did did you have like what was your second best option and yeah why in general um second best to consulting would have been like investments investment banking okay um yeah something like the finance world just because it's similar work Mm -hmm. it's it's as demanding it's as fast-paced the learning curve is like very similar Mm -hmm. um you get to deal across industries um and um yeah but that's what that was what I was looking for the the learning curve and what also like self-sufficiency I needed to support myself and not have to worry about rent or food exactly yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) and yeah Yeah. I thought it was a good stepping stone to whatever I eventually wanted to do oh that's good that's good and how is it like working so far you've been there for a year now um working for Mackenzie how is it like working in a very highly intellectual probably like the cream of the cream of you know intellect intellects are like working in such areas and it's a very competitive sort of environment at least you know when it comes to excellency how is it working for experience so far um well COVID the COVID situation and working from home is definitely not what I expected yeah or um and definitely hasn't been ideal Mm-hmm. But I mean, the firm has been really and like because I, I started my job a week before the lockdown started okay. and the firm was super quick in response and like onboarded me it had all these technological solutions like like almost instantly ready, mm-hmm. like Zoom and like we have, uh, yeah, like online access for like shared files and th- like tons of tools to be able to like um, facilitate my learning and onboard me. And I mean, dealing with excellent people and people from different places and different backgrounds um, and people that are just super impact oriented and solution oriented and just like just quick and like um, it's a real privilege. And I I learn the most from my colleagues and more, more so than reading anything or studying anything or like going to any university, like I've learned the most from my colleagues here. Mm-hmm. And not just what they know, but also how they think. And um, so, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Grateful, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So you have a lot of team working um, sort of um, activities that you really get to dig deep, you know, within, um, within a group sort of space. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, you have to, right? Because I mean, the goal is is to have impact. Yeah. Um, and impact for your client, whoever mm-hmm. or whatever that might may be, or even yeah. internal goals. If you have an internal project, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. it's just you know everyone's aware of what the common goal is, what the impact you want to have is, and the and everyone's working towards how we're going to get there. And if something mm-hmm. comes up, okay, let me like you really just lean on each other's expertise and experience and, mm-hmm. and problem solve. Nice. Uh, I love that. And how you, you've mentioned how um, different it has been or from your expectations working from um, home and the whole thing. And how do you think, um, or how have you coped with, coped with, um, with a situation at least, you know, having, because it, it's, it's taken a different kind of um, heat for different people as well, working from in one space, in one corner, um, kind of like mental health as well is just kind of a bit much as well. So um, how has been your coping mechanism to make the best of your um, working circumstance now? Yeah. Um, it's been really difficult and mm-hmm. definitely a journey. Yeah. Um, last year was uh, much more, I mean, it was much more difficult than this year, mm-hmm. mostly because I wasn't setting boundaries or having these coping mechanisms because it's really easy, like when there's a lot of work to do and you're a junior and mm-hmm. you're trying to learn a lot, almost like this intern mentality to just take on everything and s- sit 16 hours a day at your, at your laptop working from home. If mm-hmm. you're not allowed to go in, outside, if you're not allowed to do anything, mm-hmm. it's super easy to just stay at your desk and work all day from when you yeah. wake up till you go to sleep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had to rediscover like my hobbies and like learn to set better boundaries at work and communicate with my superiors about how much I have on because also working with different teams Mm -hmm. sometimes like the different people managing you aren't aware of your other responsibilities so Mm -hmm. I've really had to learn to communicate and like be honest when when things are too much and Mm -hmm. um yeah like talking talking and communicating with your colleagues also seeing how other people are coping just to, to learn how to manage and, and how to communicate and set boundaries because mm-hmm. yeah, setting boundaries is very difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm getting better at it. Oh, nice. And like, uh, yeah. What, what would be like some of the things that you would definitely recommend for a person who is working from home um, at this time, like your top two or three. Um, don't feel like you have to, reply to an email or a message instantly until Mm -hmm. uh, unless it's really urgent yeah um and yeah don't work after 5 p.m on a friday Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) definitely don't work on weekends okay like weekends should be sacred like even if on a sunday afternoon you think oh let me you know answer some emails no don't like i believe in that no building will burn down just (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) if you don't answer one email yeah it'll be okay the the email will be there on monday morning (laughs) oh nice Uh, but i i mean i can be i can imagine that when you start working you want to be you know impressive um to your superiors and you know you want them to feel like they trusted you and you're trustworthy with that position so i guess with time you kind of get more um, into the rhythm of things and find what works best for you, which is cool. Ah, uh, nice. And um, what skills did you learn from university that um, were the most transferable for what you're doing now? Like your top two, top three? Um, 
I would at IE University. I would, <laughs> I, I'll be I would with say you. I would say uh, mostly soft skills like okay. presenting. I would say the only thing I really use from IE is like the many hours we spent presenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and like basically every project we ever had or every paper we had to do, we had to present it. And I'm really grateful for that yeah. because we had to learn how to, you know, put a story together and, um, yeah, and present it and, and present it in a, in a concise way. And mm-hmm. we, I had some really great lecturers that were really, um, not only hard on critical thinking, but really like you know what are you trying to say and like yeah. really forcing you to be top down and um you know nice. pull out pull out the essence of a, of a story so yeah de- definitely those soft skills um mm-hmm. I really wish IE would have given more hard skills <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh, just, stati- huh. I mean we do take statistics and research methods and things like this but I think yeah. more could have been demanded of us okay. um, and it, it could be more rigorous okay interesting oh that's good is that because is that because you've found that there is more demand for such you know um statistics related skills in your workplace at the moment um yes yes I mean I I, I'm a data analyst Uh and I mean I think I was lucky that I applied to a team where they mo- I mean, they they wanted like motivation and, and enthusiasm as much as hard skills. And like in one of my interviews, I mean, who my boss is today, he said, like, don't worry about the that stuff. Like, we can teach you that okay. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're in, the, in the interviews. We're, we're, we're looking for other things, but don't worry about like knowledge and hard skills because we can teach you that. Um. So, I mean, it's not so important, but it would have made, for example, like. If, if given COVID happened and I had to all of a sudden self-teach all this data analysis working from home, it, it would yeah. have been great if I had that stronger foundation right. going into it, you know, because working from home and if COVID is this new re- reality mm-hmm. and we have to be more independent, we can't rely on colleagues coming over from their desk and showing you how to do something on, on the computer, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah so that's... it's just not as easy to learn from your colleagues working from home. Yeah, and it would make a much better difference as well for a person if they have the hard skills um, to make a difference between them and other candidates, perhaps. Okay, cool. And uh, how do you feel about your ikigai balance? So the ikigai balance. So it's like that those four circles, I think, and it's the 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 balance between what you love, what you're good at, what the world's need, what what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. How do you feel about that? Um, what you're good at, what you love and what you can be paid for, what the world needs. They're four, yes. four aspects. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I'm more leaning to three out of four, but mm-hmm. I think it can be improved. Um, I think I am doing what I love. This, Like the subject matter, I, I, like I deal with the mining sector and I think, it's a really interesting sector and it's the sector that no other sector can happen without. Yeah. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's really linked to sustainability and, and climate change and, you know, human issues and, and development in, Mm -hmm. in, in countries I, I care about. And um, so I, I think I'm doing what I love. Um, 
I don't think I'm doing what I'm good at because mm. <laughs> I'm a, like I, I'm not a technical mining engineer or a geologist and so I'm still learning a lot and really out of my comfort zone but I think that's also necessary to like if I want to have opportunities moving forward I need to be out of my comfort zone and I would recommend mm. everyone going out of their comfort zone yeah. um, at least in the beginning just to yeah to, to build a foundation and to be able to make choices later and, and to have flexibility later Mm-hmm. um it's a self I mean I'm self-sufficient so it pays yeah. fine nice and yeah what was the final yeah. parameter the why it was love if the world's the, needs what the world needs. needs yeah um so, so I think some parts of my work I see that in in more so than in others Mm-hmm. Um, like right now our practice is developing it's a, like sustainability offering how can mm-hmm. we help clients in whatever sector or whatever whatever stakeholder they may be because the the, the firm um, helps a lot of different types of clients not just yeah. private companies right yeah um, and like if we can help measure and track and benchmark Mm-hmm. Um, sustainability whatever it may be whether it's co2 emissions or tailings or you know representation of women like um if we can measure and benchmark these things like mm-hmm. we can help stakeholders make decisions help stakeholders incentivize certain policies yeah. and so like and and i think enable change so in that way i think yeah i mean we always hear oh data data it's such a buzzword but yeah. like data is really it, it really it's an an enabler and, and you can't make decisions or bring about change without it so yeah. it's a huge we're, we're developing really important tools I think oh that's good that's really good oh that's very good I I, I always think of you as as like when when I think of ikigai balance in terms of working I usually think that you have or at least from my view I feel like you have it quite well sorted I feel um, and I, and I know you said you it's not what you're good at, but it's your, you're an analyst. So technically you don't have to be all those expert things you can, you can read and you have enough knowledge for that. So well done, kudos to you. I'm learning mentor. And, um, yeah, my last two questions would be, what are some of the key lessons that you've learned since uni, um, finding balance, health and well-being? And I know we've touched on this, but generally speaking, what are some of the key lessons you've learned? you've learned um after uni um definitely like uh yeah this balance and and how how to get there and and how important it can be um especially in a job because like we're not I mean I'm not an intern anymore right so as an intern you can push yourself for six months and then like you start your semester again and go back to normal or whatever but if you start like a permanent contract and it's a full-time mm-hmm. job you yeah. can't have this mindset where you take on as much as you can possibly handle indefinitely so yeah. um yeah definitely still i'm um, trying to find the balance and mm-hmm. you know make time for other things um and yeah living with other people really helps because yeah. uh you know, flatmates come knocking at your door at, at six or seven and they're like, hello, it's dinner time. <laughs> Stop working. <laughs> like, so, um, nice. Yeah, like um, finding that balance is important. And I think, okay. I mean, it's really uncomfortable being out of your comfort zone naturally. It's yeah. In the word, but it's also really important to learn, I think, especially while we're young and we have the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and maybe, sorry, one more thing. Is, Go on. Um, I mean, like 
really connecting with your colleagues, even if it's far away or through Zoom is really important because, you know, they're all human and it's really easy to have imposter syndrome or to have anxiety and like feel overwhelmed. But, you know, everyone on your team is human and um, like really important to reach out and speak to people and not wait till it's too late to communicate. And if you're unhappy or if you're under pressure, like to communicate it and, you know, get guidance from people with more experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what, if they're not receptive to that, it's not the team you should be working on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is just, it's, it's time to elevate, look for something else. That's good. And the last part, well, you've already kind of touched um, on it already, but it was going to be, what are the three um, pieces of advice you would give a graduating student? Um, three pieces of advice. I think yeah. the top is cast your net wide. Okay. And try everyone, everything, speak to everyone. Mm-hmm. apply everywhere apply to jobs you don't want just so you get the interview practice for the eventual interview you do want yeah um second um to be honest I would prioritize work over studies in general like yeah I think you learn a lot more in the work environment like not just in terms of content or skills but mm. like learning from people, how to deal with people, how to work with people. Yeah. And I think you take more to like additional, I don't know, if you want to do an MBA or whatever, like you, you get more from it if mm-hmm. you have some experience and you've, and you've been out in the world. Um, and third is just be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, remind yourself that everyone is human and you have your limits and it's okay to mm-hmm. struggle it's okay to be sad it's okay to be angry and frustrated and yeah be kind to yourself <laughs> ah, thank you oh thank you that's amazing thank you very much Shania for joining us today for this very first episode um I apologize it was a bit um on the rougher ends of the diamonds so hopefully <laughs> we'll get better with time but um yeah I do appreciate you so much and I'm very very grateful that you have chosen to join us today no worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to just end this for now and then we can catch up. Just us. Okay.